Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and it's an absolute pleasure to be joined today by Jenny Lee Fowler. Jenny is uh, the social media strategy expert at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She's the director of social media. But rather than me uh, tell you all about Jenny and her wonderful career, I'm going to hand straight over to you, Jenny. Maybe tell our audience, our worldwide audience today, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and of course, the wonderful world that you work in, because it's a fast-moving industry, social media. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, thank you, Simon, for having me on. It's a great pleasure and honor to be here. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I am the person that's 100% dedicated to social in the Institute Office of Communication. So I um, initiate and um, create the strategy and execute any sort any sort of element of a communication plan that deals with um, social media at the presidential level and at the institute level I manage all of the institute's um, flagship social media channels and and I also help to consult and advise all of our other social media managers at um, the at MIT so as you can imagine we have like 200 departments, labs, and centers, probably more by now, and they all have their own social media presence. Um, and so I'm here to, you know, just make sure uh, and to answer any of the questions that they might have to um, talk and think through strategy and um, content strategy and just to make sure, you know, all of our uh, institute social media channels are on sort of the level that we want them to be. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, with all the different labs and all the different social media accounts and and platforms that we have today. You've made something very complex sound very easy, but I'm sure behind <laughs> the scenes it takes a lot of work, Jenny. Um, um, yeah, it, you know, I think it just depends on your approach. Um, I uh, it can be like herding cats, but I I don't. You know, my philosophy is that I I, I don't police anyone. Um, I'm just here to acknowledge or amplify or help um, all of our social media managers. So I'm I'm a resource. So if they if they want um, to you know um, pick my brain and and just kind of like start talking strategy from the start, I'm I'm here to help them like soup to nuts right um but also if if they if they want to do their own thing that's fine that's fine but they might they just might not get as much like amplification or um just kind of like community help from the larger social media community at MIT as they might normally get and it's a, it's a huge asset i think yeah the whole community is an asset yeah, I, I think being the director of social media strategy at MIT, uh, there's lots of areas I'm sure that you're involved in, but you're no stranger to this world because I know you served as the editor in chief, didn't you, at State Farm's Auto Learning Center. And you're also uh, looking after social media and I suppose web editing for the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Okay. So you're no stranger to this uh, area. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm in this uh, um, social media manager Slack group for um, Boston universities. And, um, you know, we were kind of joking about, 
you know, all of the new platforms that were coming out. And, um, you know, someone kind of joked and said, you know, I want to transport back to 2013. And I, you know, and I said, just for funsies, what were you do? What were we all doing in 2013? And I mentioned that I was at Harvard Kennedy School. <laughs> and so, and, and then all of the other social media managers started chiming in. And they said, I was like a sophomore in high school. I was a junior in high school. <clears throat> and someone, someone said I was in middle school. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I think I I kind of realized, um, yeah, I'm 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 a se- I'm a senior in this business. And then um, someone did mention they were like, no, 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 not senior, pioneer, pioneer. So I said, okay, you're my you're my favorite. So um, yeah, I think I've sort of grown along with it. Um, and a lot of times we were building the airplane as we were flying it. Um, and in a sense, we we still are. Um, but, you know, at, at the onset and in the beginning, there was nothing but organic social media, and then it became monetized. And so I think from the start, I've always seen organic social media work. And to tell you the truth, that's all that I've done, you know? So I think if you started in the industry when, when there was paid, it's really easy you know, to say organic is dead, um, you know, you have to do paid, you know, and then I always like respond with no, no, organic isn't dead. It's just difficult. You know, it's hard to do because you're really um, relying on good content and listening to your audiences for them to tell you what they like and what they don't like and how they're feeling. And it really kind of takes a lot of paying attention. Um, So, Uh, I think that if, you know, I think if you have like a solid strategy, you can, you can like really stand, you know, to take the changes and go with all of the, um, all of the, you know, new platforms that come out and, you know, you can, you can, you can really like stand firm when all of that happens because your strategy is strong. Right. And every platform has its own nuances and communities and takes its own um, content content. And you can kind of, you know, um, make all those decisions and, you know, as you go and, and adapt. But if you're if your strategy is strong, then you can just really, um, you know, you can you can you can roll with roll with everything that comes your way because you've got a strong strategy. And I really, really believe that. And, and, and once you have like a good organic presence, I think that helps you with your paid ad or, you know, like the paid side even more because you have a better idea of what works, what you want to um, budget and how you want to budget things. And it just gives you a better idea because you really get to know your audience really well. Yeah, I love what you're saying there, Jenny. And this, my my brain has gone to so many questions I want to yeah. ask you here, but <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to back up a little bit and just um, at the time of recording, we've got Twitter transition to X. Mm-hmm. We've seen Threads launch from Meta, which went from zero to a hundred million users pretty much in the blink of an eye o- overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but you're talking about something that's always been around, which is organic content. Yes. Even even today, at the time of recording, this might be different when people are listening to this in the future. But at the time of recording, 
Threads isn't monetized, even though there's over 100 million people using the platform. Yes. Um, it seems to be quite a friendly place. I hope that remains to be the case. X is going through a whole other type of transformation under Elon yes. Musk. Um, but when it comes to organic and paid, this discussion, I know that you take a very strategic approach when it comes to an organic presence. And you mentioned a couple of key words that really stuck with me, which is it comes down to really listening. That was the first thing. And it comes down to creating great content that yeah. adds value, that's meaningful. And I've seen this a lot, and I'm sure you have too, Jenny, where people just put money behind social media. And it actually gets a bit of a backlash sometimes because people don't like things just appearing in their feed or their their thread or their, you know, they, it just kind of pops up and it's not that relevant to them. Whereas organic, if it's well thought through, if you're listening and if you're actually creating content that adds value, it seems to have really good cut through. And I loved what you said, and I'm going to hand this question back to you in a moment, but I loved what you said about, you know, because I hear it too, oh, organic's dead. You've got to put money behind it. It has to be paid social, otherwise you're going to get nowhere. And you're really evangelizing the fact that that's not quite true to the yes. to the point that you've wrote a book about this. So could yes. you tell me a little bit more about how you approach organic content, how you think about the importance of organic and also maybe we can get into a little bit about the book and about building community on social yeah. media because that's a very different approach yes it um i mean it's all the same path right it but it it all it does it does i think you know come down to the listening aspect so i think you know for social for so long it's been we've been thinking about like what we're gonna push out, right? And what we're going to create and just kind of, but, you know, when you think of it from a space of you're trying to build communities, um, in any relationship, one of the most important elements is listening, like any sort of relationship, meaningful relationship that you're trying to build, there's the listening aspect. And I think that we've forgotten about it and that um and that's largely been missing in the social media space. And so when people think of engagement or engaging their audience, they all, you know, they always think of like, you know, how many times are you going to respond to them or if you're going to respond to them or, you know, what your policy is on kind of commenting on comments. But it's not always the talking. Um, I really like to press upon the fact that it's what you're what's your what are they saying? What what are you know, what are they telling you? It's really important to listen um, for just, you know, this is just a small example, but um, you know, our audience during the pandemic, you know, it was, it was a really, really tough time, right? And, and they were saying so in social media, they would say how much they missed campus or how much they missed the libraries or how much they, you know, um, were longing to be back. And so, um, you know, one, one um, approach could have been to like respond to everyone individually, you know, and, but what we ended up doing is we just created content that kind of shows everyone we're listening to them. And so we did this post and, um, you know, with our mascot um, in a mask, you know, um, but it, we said, you know, we miss you, we miss you too a lot. And so it's not just the fact that we said we miss you, but we're saying we miss you too. Like we're responding to, so it's like sort of that 
those small things that inform your content that um, that can you know change your tactics, it alter your approach, but it shows that you're listening to your audience. And during this time, it was really like it was a, like I said, it was a tough time. So we, you know, we, to our tone changed, our vocabulary changed. We didn't say like happy or have a nice weekend. You know, we just, it, we, we didn't just kind of throw things out there. We really kind of adapted our content to show where we were in that moment to let our audience know we knew what they were feeling and going through. So I think that when you're really listening to your audience, they'll, they'll tell you like what they're feeling, what, what trigger, what triggers them, what trigger words are, you know, like it just all, it all stems upon the fact that you're really listening. And that's what sort of builds a more authentic and, you know, real feeling com uh, connection with your audience and they with more importantly, they with you. Um, and so not just kind of like, that's, that's the start of it, right? And then you kind of, you grow that and it becomes a flourishing community. Now, there's a great book I I hear uh, by this author called Jenny Lee Fowler, and it's called <laughs> Organic Social Media, How to Build Flourishing Online Communities. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about why you wrote the book, um, how it's going, what the process was like? And if people uh, obtain the book, what can they find inside it, Jenny? What does it really get into? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um so, you know, I, I get it. it's the book is sort of a culmination of all the questions I get asked over and over and over again. And um, I think I just, you know, sort of it was I guess it was time to write it down. Um, but it's really a, just a framework for creating a strategy um, for social, no matter what, if it's just um, if it's for a specific campaign or if it's for a new platform like, or if, if it's your overall strategy in general, it's just a, a solid framework that has worked for me time and again, no matter really what industry I've been in. Right. And along the way, you know, I give like tips and like thoughts on, um, you know, you know, people are always always asking me, how do you gain buy-in with leadership? How do you um, gain trust? And it's it's just, you know, I I I weave that in, you know, and all into consideration. Or, um, you know, if you've had to have like conversations that might be difficult, like um, like taking personal time off, because if you're a social media manager and you want longevity in this profession, you're gonna feel burnout if you don't, you know, create boundaries for yourself. So I address that too, you know. Um, so I, I give conversation points on, how, you know, if you have to have difficult conversations and, um, you know, how I've gone about addressing those things. So it's, it's sort of like build, you know, what you really, all of, all of the things you need to create a really, really solid strategy and sort of like tips um, to, to stay in this profession and grow in it and how we can grow the profession together. Because a lot of times, you know, social media has matured, social media has grown, but the social media manager positions, um, the job descriptions are still from like 2001. And so that's why we haven't been able to maybe 
further the position as much because every time there's a new person walking in the door, they get this job description from two thousand, you know, two thousand and one. So they're doing ev they're doing everything right, and it's not it's not just Facebook and Twitter anymore. It's it's so much more. Um, so you know, I talk about that a little bit about how we can go about re when we when we get to a job, how we can rewrite our job descriptions you know, how we can sort of change the ex expectations and change the conversation so we can mature these positions as well, which which is something I've done. Um, at Harvard Kennedy School, I, you know, changed the job description, changed my uh, title, um, you know, at uh, MIT, you know, we changed my job description. I, be, I went from manager to being a director. Um, so it, it takes effort, but it's, I think for, it's worth it, you know, for, for all of us. And when I say all of us, like, I mean, social media managers and, you know, cause I'm really rooting for those that are coming into the profession um, to just have more clout and have more trust walking through the door and, and um, a better understanding of what the position takes day to day um, for, for those that they report to, to understand those things. Yeah, I, I really like that, Jenny, because the the human side, you mentioned things like burnout, but you also mentioned things like changing the job description and repositioning it within the organization. And I know within the book, you also talk a little bit about how social media, social media managers, social media directors, they can really help an organization's growth objectives, can't they, if they set this up properly? Could you maybe talk to that a little bit and also how maybe social media ambassadors and building community plays a part in that helping the wider organization? Um, sure. So, you know, one thing I do talk a, a lot about um, in the book, which is a huge, you know, element in, in the social, in strategies, goal settings, because you need goals, right? Your goals are your guardrails. If not, you have no guardrails. And so it's easy to go off the rails, right? So, um, and a lot of times I think it gets, the, you can't, you know, people don't get the goal setting part right, because either the goals seem too big or lofty, they're too aspirational, and you just can't, like, we want to make a better world, right? Everyone, like, I feel like everyone has that goal. But, you know, I, like, in my book, I help people think through, like, if it's aspirational, then what can you do to support that, that lofty goal? So, you know, you can, you know, you, we, you can say that, you know, our company recycles this much and this is this is how much we're green, you know, and and that's our part in play in in I'm just throwing this out there, but, you know, in making a better world. And if you take that fact and help share it in, in your social media channels, if um, and what you're doing in that space, if that's something that's important to your audience, then play up that space. And so then you're helping to hit that goal. Not only that, you can kind of. Um, you can kind of get numbers to help with the ROI. Like, so you can say we posted 209 pieces of content um, this past year or this past month, whatever it would be to help support in support of this goal. I think a lot of times we're in communications and communications goals are very, um, they're very like squishy, right? Like we don't have like sales numbers. We have, we're like, we're talking about like messaging and if our messaging is going through. So, you know, I always, 
um, you know, one thing I've been really telling social media managers is the number of content that you share, the pieces of content you share, that's an actual number you can share, you know, or, you know, remember anecdotal evidence is really important too. Um, so make sure you screenshot things where people are saying comments about, you know, wow, I didn't know your company did so much to make, to recycle, you know, but that that's sort of like a point to, you know, a data point to say our messaging is, is going through, right? So, um, but yes, so we talk about how you can kind of break down um, goals until you have clear cut goals to work with. Um, and that really sort of helps shape the objectives of the larger, like um, of, or you're, that you're supporting the objectives of, of the corporation of, or of the company. When you do build a really loyal audience, they're all ambassadors for your, you know, for your brand, you know, they'll, they'll talk about you at parties, like, oh, hey, I, you know, they'll, I read this, or did you know this? Um, and they might not say it's from your social media channel, but that's okay, because they're, they're, they're sharing their experience of how they're interacting with your brand in these spaces, right? Um, and, and I always say, like, even my, even your lurkers, your lurkers are loyal members too. Like they're, you know, they might not always feel like they need to contribute or like or engage with your content, but they're reading it, right? They're reading it and they're sharing it. They're taking that into um, real life places and spaces and connections. And so, you know, if, if you grow stronger, um, relationships, you know, connections, they translate and they go into um, real world, world settings. And those are all, they're all your ambassadors, right? And so I think it's just important, like I'm always thinking about, I'm always thinking about um, our you know, audience and how they view or consume or how something might hit them um, because I'm always thinking about it from their side. You know, what would I like? what would make me stop for this um, piece of content or what would make me laugh? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking it from their side. Well, thank you, Jenny, for sharing that because a couple of things you've said there um, I really like. I love the term squishy numbers. I thought that was brilliant. Um, I haven't heard that phrase before, but I think when you talk about, and I see this, you know, sometimes people that are engaged in this social media um activity and trying to put standard metrics that other parts of the organization or the senior leadership understand sometimes it's not the same because they are in inverted commas squishy and um you do have to look for uh those whether it's that screenshot that you mentioned where you can actually showcase looks our message is reaching people this is the kind of feedback we're getting mm -hmm. uh, i've been talking a lot recently about looking for signals of intent or signals of engagement, which is maybe quite different to say a company that's trying to develop very hard sales leads, for example, through their social media activity, mm -hmm. or to attract more people to uh, come to the the, the educational uh, institution. Um, but being able to show signals of intent, being able to screenshot those those real time interactions, I think is a good way of being able to demonstrate how the message is carried through. And the other thing that you said that I didn't want to let just go by, I thought lurkers, you know, where people are 
um it sounds like such a bad term but people are just I, yeah, watching right? people it, are just watching yes um, yes and I often feel as though sometimes we get so carried away with the metrics that we forget that just because somebody doesn't interact with a post or a piece of social media or repost or um you know add a comment or or, or share it that doesn't necessarily mean they haven't seen it and I'm not just talking about impressions for impressions sake but there is that sort of wider acknowledgement that these lurkers and in inverted comments, they're still your audience. They're still part of your community, aren't they? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we can call them um, the introverts in the audience, you know, just because your extroverts are, you know, the ones that are always liking everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have read the piece of content or have really, you know, seen it or, but, and, and, on the other hand, you know, your introverts, they're really taking it in and they're following you because they love your content and they love, you know, the vibe of your brand. And, you know, sometimes they're the biggest evangelists just because you're not there to witness it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't count. Right. Um, and, and just to um, go back to what you were saying about leadership, um, I think it's really important for you, even though they're not asking for it, and I go this into my book as well, but, you know, to get, like give them good news, like say, you know, this post, like give them pits, um, bits and pieces of good news. And so that when you have to give them bad news, which will 100% happen, um, they will be more open to it. You know, because they've seen you in your, they've seen your name in their inbox, you know, and you've, you know, you've kind of given them little nuggets of good news when we, they know that, you, you know, you're the person at the helm of the social media channels and, and that you know what you're doing, um, that when, you know, stuff happens that isn't as, is, is, you know, the crisis will happen. And so it, you know, the first time they're here, they hear from you, it's not bad news. It, it, and and they'll be more ready to hear 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 it because they'll be familiar who, with who you are. So that that's a relationship building, you know, um, angle too, and why that's so important. And I and I, you know, again, I I talk about this in my book. Yeah, yeah, I think it's sage advice, Jenny. That you know, um, it's that that recognition of the work that's being done, isn't it? It's that let's just share some good news because there will come a time when it's not. Um, the great news or the great response whether that's a, a crisis that happens or something you have to respond to in real time in communication mm -hmm. it will come up uh, so it's nice to have established that relationship particularly with the leadership or the management structure within your organization um i want to i want to change gear in a moment but before we do that one thing i can't not ask you um is about artificial intelligence because a lot of content that is in inverted commas organic today is being helped put together enhanced or maybe initially drafted using artificial intelligence today whether it's bard or at the time of recording gpt4 or many of the other tools that are out there do you have any early views on this are you using ai as part of your own workflows or what's your view on this situation at the moment jenny yeah, so this is something we're definitely exploring. Um, I've always been, just personally, I've always been an early adopter of technology. You know, I, um, you know, I had a Palm Pilot and I loved my Palm Pilot, <laughs> and sometimes I miss my Palm Pilot. Um, I so 
you know, and I work at MIT, so I, I just I can't, um, I just can't blanket it. Say, oh no, it, you know, no. Like I, I, I think that they are. There's definitely room for it. We're exploring these possibilities. Just um, um, early on, you know, I think they're really, you know, things like Chat GPT. Um, uh, like it's really helpful to create, you know, alt alternative text, like alt text, because that's an area I think where a lot of social media managers um, have. To, it's 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 hard, you know, creating alt text. It can be hard, and so I think if you can get a little of a jump start, um, I think that can be helpful. Um, you know, it's it's funny because every everyone this whole question of like, oh, you know, will it take my job or is it going to, you know, is 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 it going to make me necessary, you know, in the future? And I still 100% say yes. And, and, and it's because there's, um, it, there's so many nuances to social media where you can't, I don't, I don't know if you can mathematically like, like go through every, every little situation in every second because the whole the the climate changes so fast and I'll give you an example I um I actually um scheduled a post for like the end of the day and it was a Friday and it was a very very um and I think I did it I did it a little bit like later in the day right or like I scheduled it for later in the evening and it was just a really sort of um dusk pleasant dusk picture of campus and it um and I said you know have have something like have a lovely weekend everyone or have enjoy your weekend or something like that totally benign how could that possibly go wrong well I'll tell you how it can go wrong um so it posted and then I think like like a minute or two after I had scheduled that to post, um, news broke that, um, you know, like, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away. And, and so, you know, so when I saw that, I was first very sad. And then I went, <gasps> my, my post and, um, and I went to go check on it. And sure enough, like, you know, there were already, it only had been out there for like a couple of minutes and there were already posts that said bad timing, not this weekend, no, not, not a great look. And I, you know, and I deleted it. I deleted it. And so would, so would AI know in that minute to, you know, go, oh no, my, this post that I scheduled because it, it was a really, I don't know, it was a, just a total benign post um so yeah. Yeah. I, I um yeah I don't know I don't know it's interesting like unless they have AI to know to read every single that can read every single comment that's coming in at yeah the, yeah the I think it's a, it's a really interesting point because that real-time communication uh, a lot of the models today work on the next word in the sentence and is, does it make sense and the a lot of the LL M's that are around today the data set stops doesn't it as we know at 2021 yes you can use plugins yes some of them now can pull in more recent data but when a real-time event happens being able to respond to that in real time I'm not sure either that's a great a great example and a great use case yeah. where you need humans in the loop don't you and also something you spoke about earlier 
which was about listening and sort of coming at listening from an, an empathetic perspective and understanding the human emotion oh, involved in mm -hmm. the communication, I think is another element that humans are, uh, you know, we have it in built, machines do not. They learn over time styles and algorithms and wording, but they still don't have it in built. It's a machine at the end of the well, day, or yeah. it's an algorithm or a piece of code. That's the thing. It's like how it's like the emotional intelligence. Like, how do you teach artificial intelligence emotional intelligence? And I also um, go like into this in my book at how important emotional intelligence is in this position in 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 being a social media manager. Um, you know, recent, I, I, you know, we're all in this moment, we're in this um, Barbenheimer moment, right? And so I kind of went down this rabbit hole of watching um, Chris Nolan interviews with, um, you know, Killian Murphy. I mean, they're all, they're all just really creative, brilliant art, you know, artists. Um, and so I was, I, wa I was watching this interview and Christopher Nolan said for Oppenheimer, he said, you know, he's like, CG was off the table. He said, I didn't want to use CG. And then he used this phrase that I literally like after he used it, I wrote on my whiteboard. He said, he said, I wanted to use real world methodologies. And I was like, yes. And, and so he wanted, and he literally like touched, he touched his chair. He's like, I wanted us to feel the bomb. I wanted us to see the bomb. And so, and, and he, he said that that built up that feeling or that in, in, you know, anxiety or stress even more. And I think all the artists felt that too, all the, I said artists, but actors um, felt that too. And so I think, you know, in this moment where we're talking, we're, you know, AI can do so much and we're just, you know, chat, everyone's asking me about chat GPT AI. We have this like, probably one of the best movies of our time and in the the director is talking about like tactile real world methodologies and so I think that's going to be the difference is that how it makes you feel right if it's if it's from a human eye if this picture is from a human eye at the perfect moment, at the golden hour taken by a person, I think that's gonna trigger different emotions than this beautiful image that AI creates because it's artificial. I, I, I just I just really believe this. Maybe I'm naive, you know, but I just I really feel that that um, it's the emotion that makes it really different and will start we will really start to feel that I think as we move forward with you know all of all of the AI that is all around us. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, and I I mean I see as I'm sure you do uh, the amount of AI imagery and art, and I mean a lot of it is I know there've been some very famous world photography competitions that have been won by AI art that's only been revealed later. Um. But ultimately coming down to emotion and that emotional component that we all have a lot of the language models today whether it's text to video text to speech uh, artificial intelligence models like chat gpt or others um, they seem sentient because of the way that they're built but they're not sentient you know right. they, they they don't have that component right. now whether we get to that level or not that's a whole other discussion 
that's probably a really good thing and a really bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think you make some really uh, excellent points there. And uh, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about AI. So I know we can go down an AI rabbit hole, but it is something that everybody's working with today in one shape or another. And we're all getting lots of questions about it. So thank you, Jenny. Yeah. Um, to change gear, because I do want to ask you a few questions before we yeah. finish up today. I like to ask the guests a few questions that sort of help our international audience understand a little bit more about the person. Yeah. And the first thing I'd like to ask you is about, obviously, with your role, like as a director of social media at MIT, you have to stay current. You have to keep abreast of what's happening. And it's changing very fast, your world. Mm -hmm. So how do you onboard information what's your learning style like what sort of are you constantly on social media are you watching youtube videos are you reading documents and books how does your onboarding information work in today's sort of complicated world jenny yeah no for me i i always like to experience it firsthand um and so um you know at and I, I kind of share this story in my book, but I'm, I'm going to share it with you. Like I uh, was getting a new phone and you know how like they transfer all of the data from the old phone to the new phone. And then they're like, so, and the person looked at me, he's like, you have 289 apps on your phone. And I was, I was like, uh, is that a lot? <laughs> like, I didn't know. I was like, is uh, uh, or whatever the number was, but he was just like, yeah, this is going to take a little bit of time. But, um, but I, you know, when I hear of a new app or a new platform, the first thing I do is download it and I play around with it, you know, and that's like sort of my, my way of learning. And then, um, and if, if I think, oh, this is kind of a thing or what, you know, if I want to learn more about it, because you can learn really easily, like, oh, this is not, this is not for us, you know, or, you know, um, I'll, I'll read more. Um, I read a lot of newsletters um, of, in the industry, because it's, it's true. It's it's hard. You can't be all in all the spaces all the time. But if you're in some of the spaces and you're reading about, like, if you're letting them, like the people who are writing the newsletters, kind of do a little bit of the curation for you, and then you can read about that. Um, it's it's sort of helpful and it keeps you abreast of everything, you know. And 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 talking. I'm a big believer in talking with peers in the industry. Um, I, I'm in so many Slack groups and Discord groups with other social media managers. And I think we're constantly, you know, engaged in conversation about, you know, the climate and new platforms because it's ever changing. I think that helps a lot too. So I would say with all of that, um, but, you know, one thing that I really have learned um, since being at MIT is that, you know, mistakes are part of the process like um you know mistakes are not mistakes if you learn from them or failures are not failures if you learn from them because you know if you think of like researchers and scientists they're doing things all the time they're like trying this they're trying that they're trying that there's so many experiments that fail until like 30 years later something works and they make this like just or along the way they make this huge discovery so it's just a part a part of it you know it's like so I mean I'm not talking about huge like you know like not don't do something incredibly offensive you know I mean not those those types of mistakes but like uh you know sometimes typos typos they always get through or, you know, try something new. If it doesn't work, it's okay. No one will remember. Try something, you know, try something else. So it's constant experimentation. That's what the job is. And it's all part of it. Yeah, I like that. And 
yes, you can learn and you can read up on it, but I also like your practical approach to it. I remember Gary Vaynerchuk talking about that ages ago, many years ago, that when a new app comes out, you just download it, you get to the bottom of it, you figure it all out. I mean, you're obviously an early adopter in that area to get really get to the nuance of how it works. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? If you said you had that many apps to, I suppose, the, the average person, they'd go, oh, wow, that's a lot. But yeah. for somebody in your role, the other end of might be, is that all? You know, so yeah. <laughs> there's a, it depends on where you're coming at the question from. hundred percent. You know? I just yeah. was really surprised at the uh, response. I was, yeah. I was I'm like, I didn't realize that was a lot. I don't yeah, it's know. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing, Jenny, I want to ask you is about throughout your life, there must be people that you admire or people that have inspired you or give you a helping hand along the way. When I ask you that question, what springs to mind? Yeah, I know. I so I don't know if this is like super. This is I don't know if it's corny, but um, the the women in my family um, are. I mean, I feel like they really carried us on their backs, and and sometimes like literally, like quite literally. And um, so uh, you know, I think of my maternal grandmother and my my mother. You know, and um. Yeah, like like I I could go into it, but they, they made this all happen, like possible for for me to have these opportunities and you know to be at MIT and to be able to write a book. And so, like I feel like I have a lot to live up to, right? And so, and I want to make you know things better for my daughter and have so that she could have more opportunities and you know. Um, so, yeah, those are. Sort I, of my I really like that. And it's funny. I was talking to somebody only recently who was also saying their grandmother uh, and not many people do. But it's amazing how if you even if you go back one or two generations, people didn't have the same opportunities that we have today. They certainly didn't have the technology we have today, but they still made progress. They still enabled us, didn't they, to to move and to grow and to expand as human beings. And there's there's an awful lot of a. Uh, both a, a sharing of knowledge, wisdom, education, and uh, and culture, and and how we act, and, and I think we get a lot of that through our um, our mothers, our grandmothers, and our, our close family members. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Jenny. Uh, what about advice? AI doesn't have that kind of history. Right, right, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> what about advice, Jenny? What about advice that you've received along the way? Now that could be family advice, or it could be you know, career advice. Uh, have you received advice that you that you share with people on a regular basis? Or is there any advice you can share with our worldwide audience that you think is important to know? I mean, there's so I've, I've been given so many, so much advice. Um, you know, I, I think, um, for me, I tend to be really, or my nature is to be really reactive. And I think, um, I think social media managers, uh, because maybe we have personalities that make us really enjoy these spaces and like these spaces, we tend to like think, you know, our brains are always thinking and we want to react. And I think that, um, you, you know, I, I was, I was fortunately, been told throughout my life like from different people like just just you know just breathe <laughs> just you know okay count to 10 breathe you know um and no matter how urgent or 
how big something seems it's 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 not the end of the world and you can kind of just think things through a little bit more so i think just to not be so reactive um and you know also like i literally literally there's one um mentor of mine that said you know you're like you're you're holding on so tight to everything because i think you know because we have a we have um way of wanting to control everything you know like we um were perfect a lot of us are perfectionists and you know and she literally had her, her fist up like this and she's like just loosen your grip a little bit you know like there remember there are, are things that happen that aren't in our control you know and and if we give them to you know if we give them too much power it it just it just it's not good for your mental health it's not good um you know, it's just, it's just not good. So I, I yeah. think that's been really great too, is just to be like, okay, you know, just, you know, I'll even like say to myself, Jenny, just loosen, loosen your grip a little bit. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's really okay. You know, so um, yeah. Great advice. Um, it's great advice, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about um, people involved in the social media world as you are, you obviously have to do the real time interactions that we were talking about earlier, but you also plan content too. But when it comes to your life, your career, the next book, whatever you're working on, how does planning work for you, Jenny? Um, what's the next six, nine, 12 months look like? How do you, you know, what's on your horizon? How do you plan? What, what, how, how do you go about that? Yeah. So this, I've, I've done a big 180 in this. Um, like early, early on, I, you know, I, gra I graduated from college. I had like a five-year plan. I had a 10-year plan. Like I had like goals and um, it, it just, it doesn't always happen according to plan. And I've learned that sometimes it happens better than you have ever planned it. So like, I think like, I, I'm always, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about the next thing. Like what is like, but what, but I don't, it's, it's kind of like what interests me or what makes me happy or, you know, what piques my curiosity? Like, what is that next thing? So I take it from there. Um, so I, you know, and, and, and this is a question I've been asking myself a lot because I am like the director of social media strategy at MIT. There's no, there's no like next obvious step for me because I'm sort of at the peak of what I, you know, position, not, of what I do, but like, you know, as in like job description, right? Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot. And and I think that's where it comes to like, you know, I, I'm one of the senior members in the room of social media. So we're sort of all in this space where where do we take this next? Or how do we open the possibilities up for those coming up after us? You know, I, I take this very seriously, right? Um, so I I'm I think it co could go a number of ways. I'm just like looking into what is what interests me at the moment or what I want to do. Like I still love the aspect of building communities, you know. Um, so we'll see. But it's it's like as I was sort of having these conversations with myself and I was talking to people who I found very interesting and I was having conversations with them about like, what do you, what do you do? What's your job? What's your day to day? And then like, you know, some of those folks, I'm like, oh, I, I do not want to do that, <laughs> you know, but, and so you find that out, but other people you're like, oh, you know, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, along that way, like all sort of signs, all the universe was telling me this, you're going to write a book. <laughs> And so, so this is, 
this is, I feel like what is happening now. And then we'll see where that leads. You know, I think this is sort of my next step is um, the book is coming out in December and we'll sort of see where that goes. And I'm just going to sort of uh, take a break for a while because, you know, um, like in, in the space of last year, like, I, you know, we we bought a house, we moved, we sold a house. I wrote a book. I, I'm telling a lot of my friends, I'm like, no, no major life, uh, you know, challenges for like at least three years. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to like sort of enjoy, you know, the moment. That's why you were just for people who are only listening in audio and not watching us in video. That's probably why you were shaking your head. No, when I mentioned another book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, I don't think so. Not for, not in, not in the works, not at least. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And it's interestingly, because when it comes to planning, you sort of talk about doing that, you've done a 180. And you've almost loosened your grasp a little bit. And you're finding that that is also leading to better outcomes at times. So that's an interesting yeah. that, take. So thank you. What a great way to pull that back. But yes, yes, it it um it has been, it has exceeded, you know, what I could have planned for myself. Lovely. I like that, Jenny, a lot. So listen, before we wrap up, uh, I want to squeeze in two quick questions. Number one is, is there anything that we've spoken about that you want to expand upon? Or is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to leave our audience with today or any final messages? And secondly, and importantly, if people want to reach out and connect with you, find out more about MIT, find out about the book, obviously, where's the best place to point people towards, Jenny? I, I, I like to mentor a lot of people um, and I, I take that very seriously and I think it's really important, especially young women and um, young Asian women. I, I really think we're all in this together and, you know, I, I like to um, further their careers because I've had help along, along the way myself, um, but also like, you know, it's it, this book is sort of a culmination of like all of the conversations and the things that they've asked me and the things that they, they that seem to have resonated in you know presentations I've given and classes that I've taught and you know and so um, I know that I can't mentor everyone <laughs> you know um, but if you had ever thought that I had said anything interesting or if you ever had wanted to be mentored by me maybe like you know this is sort of the way to um, like start that you know journey um but i am i am in all the social spaces <laughs> probably the ones that you haven't heard of um but you know linkedin is a great way um to just you know, i you know you can just message me and um i'm also on x formerly known as twitter um instagram i'd say those three spaces i'm i'm the most active in currently but you can also find me in threads you know i'm there too um but yeah well that's great and that that brings us nicely to the end of our time today and to the end of this episode on the global discussion with jenny lee fowler the director of social media at mit uh, make sure that you um check out jenny's book which is Organic Social Media, How to Build Flourishing Online Communities, a great read for anybody involved in this space at all. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been watching or listening to both Jenny and I from around the world. And uh, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, do everything I need you to do to help support this podcast. And I hope that you'll join me back here for some more discussions 
with creatives and leaders and thinkers like Jenny. So thank you, Jenny. It's been such a wonderful pleasure to talk to you today. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you, Simon. Thank you.